Hey everybody, it's Matt Zola from Fern Creek Christian Church. So glad you're able to tune in with us today. Hey, while you're on your phone, why don't you go ahead and follow us on social media at Fern Creek CC on Facebook and Instagram. And you can download the Fern Creek Christian Church app on your phone today. We hope this message encourages you to become a better follower of Jesus, to be a disciple that makes more disciples. So without further ado, here's the message. Good morning, Fern Creek. It's great to see you. If you're visiting with us, welcome to week 10 of a series that we've, uh, we've been in called uh, Buried Treasure from the Sermon on the Mount. And we're navigating this sermon. It's the longest recorded sermon of, uh, of Jesus in the New Testament. And uh, the last couple of weeks, we've, we've kind of listened as Jesus talks about some spiritual practices. What Jesus is, is saying is when you love God and worship God and follow God, that's going to leak out. That, that's going to manifest. It's going to make itself known in several ways, and, and Jesus has identified two of those, giving to the poor and praying. Uh, the last couple of weeks, Jesus says, when you give, when you pray, not if you give or if you pray, but when. So it's a natural byproduct, giving to those in need and, and praying. And we saw two weeks ago that when we give to those in need, we don't do it like the hypocrites. We don't blow a trumpet and give to make an impression on those who see our giving. Jesus says, no, if you give that way, the only reward you're gonna get is the applause of other people. Give in secret. Don't let your right hand know what your left is doing. Be humble about it. Last week, we talked about prayer. Jesus, we did the Lord's Prayer. Jesus says, when you pray, pray this way. And remember the equation. Jesus says, put God before yourself. You know, pray, pray for God's name, God's kingdom, and God's will. And then ask for your things. And so Jesus, again, talks about, about giving and praying. We come to the third natural byproduct, the third spiritual practice in this, in this run. Listen to what Jesus says. This is where we find ourselves in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6. Look at verses 16 to 18. Listen to what Jesus says. When you fast, don't look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when, see, see right there, not, not if, but when you fast, put oil on your head, wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you're fasting, but only to your father who is unseen and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And there's so much to unpack in just these two little verses. But again, notice Jesus says, when you fast. Fasting is again, kind of an expectation of Jesus. It's not something that he, he says that, you know, again, if, or maybe you'll think about, no, he, he, he expects you and I to, to incorporate fasting into our, our pursuit of him, our discipleship. So the question is, well, what is fasting? What, what does it mean to fast? Well, let's answer that question by talking about what fasting is not, all right? Fasting is not a holy weight loss program. That's not fasting. Girl, you looking fine. What you been doing? Going to the gym or something? No, girly pop, I'm on the Egypt fast. Egypt? What's Egypt? Yeah, the extreme Jesus intermittent fast. I don't eat on Monday, Wednesday, or Saturday. I've lost 62 pounds in three weeks. I'm a size negative four. Can I get a what, what? Right? No. That's not what Jesus is talking about, all right? 
It's not a weight loss program. Fasting is not a hunger strike to somehow manipulate God. It's not, oh God, look at me. Look at my dedication to you. Oh God, I've eaten nothing for the last 40 days but bean sprouts. I've not drank anything but the liquid of my own perspiration. God, look at me and how devoted I am and give me what I ask. Amen. You know, it, it's not a, a hunger strike to, to manipulate God. It's not giving up technology. I know maybe you listen to other people preach and they say, well, you can fast your technology. You know, no social media for a week. You know, I'm not going to pick up my cell phone from 6 to 8 p.m. I'm going to fast my cell phone. I'm going to fast TV, no Metallica for a week. You know, I'm going to get rid of... No, no that's, that's well and good. Sometimes when we, when we pull away from stuff like that, that helps the soul and clear the mind. But that's not fasting. That's not biblical fasting. So what is it? When you... When Jesus talks about fasting, what is he talking about? Well, the word Jesus uses, when, when you look at what, what word does he use, the Greek word is actually a mash of two words. The word for fasting is a mash of two Greek words. First word is to eat. <laughs> Second word is not. <laughs> right? so, so fasting, true biblical fasting, the word Jesus uses is not to eat. And that's a very foreign concept to us Americans, to not eat, because we love food. How many of you love food? Can I see your hands? You love to eat? Oh, yeah. We love food. We love it. Hot, fast, and extra large. That's how we roll. We, 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 we talk about food. Why, where do you want to go eat? Oh, this new place just, we talk about food. We theme holidays around food. We, we have a channel on TV all about food, the Food Network. We sing about food. Pour some sugar on my cheeseburger in paradise while I'm walking through strawberry fields forever. We, we, we sing about it, right? Now, I, in a moment of confession, I, I love food. I, I think about food. I notice food. I walk through restaurants looking at what's on other people's plates. Oh, that's good. Oh, no, stay away from, oh, that's real good, right? I love food. Now, you know, my favorite food was, it used to be. My heart now swoons for another. Her name is Jenny, and she sells ice cream. Have you ever had Jenny's ice cream? Anybody? Anybody ever had Jenny? Oh, friends, let me tell you what I've discovered. Now, I've heard about Jenny's ice cream. It's made in Columbus, Ohio, where we, we were kind of at. And I've, I've always known about Jenny's ice cream. I was going through Kroger, and I've walked past her behind the frosted glass in the refrigeration section. I've seen her pints. Uh, she's called to me with her, her sweet songs, brown butter almond brittle, brandied banana brulee, powdered jelly donuts, but nothing has captured my heart as gooey butter cake. But every time I walk past and see her little pints of ice cream, I, I've never partaken because it's quite pricey. It's pretty, it's pretty costly. So I just, I keep right on walking until about three weeks ago. 
Three weeks ago, Kroger had them on sale for half price. So I bought five pints. <laughs> True story. I bought five pints, five different flavors. And I took them home to let them breathe <laughs> and to soften. And I laid five spoons out and I sampled each one. If you ever want to know what a hug tastes like, it's Jenny's ice cream. And I sat back after the last bite, wiped a tear from my eye, and I said out loud, I may not be a smart man, but I know what love is, and I love you, Jenny. <laughs> I said that. I said that. True story. What came next is still hazy. The details still elude me, but I'm telling you the honest truth. I found myself back at Kroger that night, <laughs> standing before her frosted glass with a shopping cart. I'm not proud of what came next, and I pray you don't judge me. But I literally rolled out of Kroger with 20 more pints. I need help, I know, but it was so good, it was so good. What are we talking about? <laughs> fasting, that's right, yeah, fasting, fasting. F fasting is this hardwire reset to our brain and our bodies where, where we empty our stomach for a time in order to focus on the soul, in order to focus on the spirit to tell the body, I'm gonna put you on the back burner for a short amount of time so I can really emphasize and focus on the spirit and, and, and on, on the soul. And that is so, so different and so difficult because all we think about is the body. The body is always front and center. We tan the body, we massage the body, we exercise the body, we rest the body, we put designer label clothing on the body. And fasting for a limited time tells the body, no, no, I, I, I know you're there and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deal with you, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on the back burner for a season in order to emphasize the spiritual. Fasting strengthens the soul. Fasting stretches the soul. Fasting fattens the soul. So many heroes in the Bible so many of them put the needs of the body for a short amount of time in the background in order to focus on the sacred, focus on the spiritual. Moses, David, Elijah, Ezekiel, Esther, the Israelites as a nation, the Ninevites, the Ninevites fasted. Ezra, Jehoshaphat, Nehemiah, Daniel, Anna, Cornelius, the apostle Paul, the early church, even Jesus himself fasted. So I want to do a little Bible study with you real quick on why. Why did they fast? What is fasting? What is it all about? And why does Jesus call us to use this as a spiritual tool in our toolbox? Well, let's, let's look up, go back to the Bible. Let's say, why, why did people fast? And you would think, well, they fast for one reason only. No, lots of reasons. Lots of reasons why people fasted. Let me show you a couple. First, let's talk about repentance. People actually fasted 
as a sign of repentance. Look at what we read in 1 Samuel chapter 7. It's about the Israelites. When they assembled at Mizpah, they drew water and poured it out before the Lord. On that day, they fasted. And there they confessed, we have sinned against the Lord. Or how about Nehemiah 9? On the 24th day of the same month, the Israelites gathered together fasting and weeping, wearing sackcloth, putting dust on their heads. They stood in their places and confessed their sins and the sins of their ancestors. Did you know the most common reason for fasting in the entire Bible is repentance? The number one reason you go through the Old Testament and you just, why, why, why? Repentance. The people understood that, that they had been cut off from God, that their sin had consequences. They were separated. They, God was disciplining them for sin and they were so moved, so undone, so grieved that they had sinned against God that the whole nation, the whole community lamented and wept and said to the, to the stomach, we're not gonna eat for, for, for a day. We're just gonna weep and call out and ask God to forgive us. God, we turn away from our sin. We turn back to you. For a season, we'll focus on the soul and not the body to express our repentance. So let me ask you, have you ever in your life fasted for repentance? The only reason that you were going to go without food for a limited amount of time was to get on your knees and to say to the Lord, we repent as a nation. God, God, the sins of this country are deep and wide. God, forgive the sins of our nation. Forgive my sin, God. God, my sin runs deep and wide. God, I understand that I violated your laws. So God, I, I am gonna put the, the stomach on the back and I'm gonna get on my knees and I'm gonna lament and cry out to you and I'm gonna repent with fasting. Fasting for repentance was one way, one reason why people fasted. Another reason why people fasted is they just used fasting as kind of a, an expression of love and worship. They, they utilized this practice to just express to God how much they loved him. They, they used it in their worship. Listen to Luke chapter 2. There was a, a prophet named Anna, the daughter of Phenuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until 84 she never left the temple, but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Anna was at a stage of her life where she didn't have really any responsibilities, and so she moved into the temple full time. Day and night, she would sing and worship and pray and praise. And part of her worship cycle was to implement this tool of fasting as a way of just expressing to the Lord, I love you and I want to draw closer to you. And for a season, I'm going to put the needs of my body on the back burner so I can focus on you. So, so how, how could we make fasting a part of our cycle of worship? Well, one way would be, Maybe there, you pick a day and maybe you say, you know, <clears throat> instead of having lunch on Wednesdays, I'm going to use that 30 minutes, that 45 minutes, that hour, and I'm not going to eat and I'm just going to use that and I'm going to pray and I'm going to sing and I'm going to praise and I'm going to read my Bible and I'm going to listen. I'm going to replace eating one meal in order to use that to focus my spirit on 
the Lord's presence. But people fasted to express their love and make it a part of their worship. Third reason people fasted was just guidance. They needed guidance from the Lord. Look at Acts chapter 13, the early church. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work for which I have called them. So after they fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. The early church needed to make a decision. They weren't sure who they needed to send. They needed to send some missionaries out. And as they were fasting and praying, God said, these are the two men I want you. So, so God answered their request, answered their, their prayer for guidance. And I think sometimes fasting can do the same thing for us. It can help us tune out the noise and the voices in order to hear the whisper of God. So, so God can reveal to you. He can reveal to me through fasting. Have you ever had a, a decision to make and you're like, I don't know what to do and you prayed about it. Well, that's great, but but maybe praying and fasting to say, God, I, I want to hear from you. And so, God, I'm going to, again, put the stomach on the back to put the soul at the front. God, I'm in tune with you. Help me figure this thing out. How about deliverance? Another, another way. Do, 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 people fasted for, for deliverance. Do, do, do you remember there's an occasion where Jesus was absent from the disciples? And this, this father brought his son, who was demon-possessed, to the disciples. And he said to the disciples, can you help me? And the disciples tried to cast the demon out of this boy, but they couldn't. And Jesus shows up and the guy says, I brought him to your men, but they couldn't do anything. And with a snap of his finger, with a click of his tongue, Jesus drives the demon out. And the disciples get together with him and they say, why couldn't we drive that thing out? And Jesus said, that kind only comes out with what? Prayer and fasting. Can't just pray about it. You got to fast over that one. So, so let me ask you, let me ask you, are there any strongholds in your life? Are there any secret sins that you have just tried to have victory over and it just keeps grabbing you and grabbing you and grabbing you and you want freedom and you want deliverance, but it's just not coming? Maybe that kind needs some fasting to go along with it. Maybe that's something to consider. So, so look, lots of reasons, not just one reason why people fasted. Everybody thinks people fast because they like, they're in trouble. That's just one reason. Look, look, at, look at the reason. Some people fasted for repentance, to use it as an act of worship, to seek God's guidance for deliverance. Some people fasted when they were distressed. Some people fasted when, when someone close to them died and they were in mourning. Some people fasted to humble themselves, to give themselves spiritual strength, to draw closer to God. Lots of reasons people fasted. Here's a question that people ask me, well, how long does a fast last? Like if you're gonna fast, how long do you have to do it? Well, we can find examples in the Bible of all kinds of lengths. Look at this slide. There are some folks who fasted for a day. There are some folks who went three days, seven days, 10 days, 14 days, 21 days, 40 days. Jesus and Moses, 40 days. So I, I guess what I would say to you is there's no magic number. There's no like, you've got to fast for this long. But anytime you fast, you should go into the fast recognizing how long you're going to go. Like, okay, I'm, I'm going I'm to do one meal. That's going to be my fast. I'm going to do one day. I'm going to do two days. Like, uh, have a beginning and an ending point. That's really important to have how long am I going to fast. Now, when we talk about fasting, is there just one kind? No, there are lots of kinds. There's lots of ways 
that, that people could go without food. Let me show you different ways people fasted. There's, there's what's known as the partial, the partial fast. Look at Daniel chapter 10. Daniel said, I ate no choice food, no meat, no wine touched my lips. I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. So what Daniel tells us is for three weeks, for 21 days, he gave up ho-hos, oatmeal pies, Little Debbie's steak, hamburger, no wine. He gave up the luxurious foods. So he ate calories. He put food into his body, but it was the no fun food, right? Well, vegetables, right? He ate things, but he limited, he restricted uh, some food. So, so what I want to say is, if you want to do a partial fast, that's fine. But it doesn't count if you say, like, for the next 21 days, I'm going to have a partial fast. I'm going to cut out. Uh, no bean sprout will go past my mouth. No lima beans, no spinach, no broccoli. I got a you know, partial fast. You cut out things, and I'm going to cut all the, all the bad veggies out. No, that's not how it works, right? In a partial fast, you cut out the things that you love, the things that you really, really like right? So a partial, a partial fast. You have some food coming in, but it's just the basic, the basics, right? How about a complete fast? A complete fast was you ate food, but you only drank liquids, so water or, or, or liquids, right? And, and a milkshake doesn't count as a liquid on this, right? You can't grind up your steak in a food processor, liquefy it, and count that, right? So, so uh, this kind of fast is, is again, juice, water, you know, just liquids. That would be a, a complete fast. And then an absolute fast is you go without food or water. You go without food or water. Now, let me just, real quick, th th this is, this is pretty, pretty intense, going without food or water. You gotta be very careful, very cautious. Like the, the goal in fasting is not to damage your body. That's not the goal. It's not to lose weight, right? It's a focus on God, right? So, so if you're going without food or water, you, you got to approach that one cautiously, which again kind of leads us to, you know, th th there's some of us who probably can't do some of these types of fast. If you've had experience with a food addiction, you don't need to be guilted into fasting. If you've got something chemically going on in your body, people say, well, should I give up my medication during my fast? No, no. Sometimes maybe you need to talk to your doctor and say, hey, I, I would like to experience this thing called fasting. Help me figure out how I could do that in my situation that's not going to damage my body. Okay, So a little bit of a Bible study today about what is fasting and how do you do it and what are some key questions to ask and to answer. But let me, let me just, it would be a total failure if, again, I didn't remind you why. The why we do this is the huge, is, is the biggest reason. And I'm just going to do it to you. I will give you a picture. If you'll remember this picture, you'll never forget why we fast. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, what is that? If you're over 30, you should know this. If you're under 30, you may have no idea what you're seeing on the screen. Okay. I showed several of our staff members this who are under 30, and they went, I have no idea. <laughs> I realized how old I was. Okay. That's an antenna. It's an antenna, right? It used to sit on top of your TV. The way we used to watch TV in the caveman days, right? 
was the TV signal was in the airwaves and you had this big antenna and you had to dial, you had to dial the, the antenna in to capture the signal. And if there was a storm or if the microwave went off in the kitchen, it could mess the whole signal up. And so you could take aluminum foil and wrap it around the rabbit ears to try to pick up the, the you had to pick up the signal, right? And there's all these things getting in the way. That's the why of fasting. We fast because there's so many voices. So much distraction. The body cries out, feed me, take care of me, notice me. And what fasting does is it tunes out in order to tune in. And we say, God, I'm going to tell the body no for a season, for a temporary amount of time. So I can fatten the soul. I can strengthen and stretch the soul. Now, without, I'm going to encourage you to fast this week. We'll talk about that. We're going to talk about that in a second. But, but remember, please hear this. Without a purpose, without a plan, and without a prayerful heart, you are not fasting. You're just getting hungry. you got to have a purpose. you got to have a plan. And you got to have a prayerful heart. Here's the deal with fasting. Here's the deal with it. It's such a powerful tool. It puts us into the deep end of the spiritual swimming pool. Something happens when you and I fast. And here's the, here's the thing. Do you realize, do you realize that right here, right now is the only time we get to experiment, to experience fasting? You realize that, right? Like, like right here, Right now, while I've got breath in my lungs, is the only time in all of eternity I'll get to experience, I'll get to experiment, I'll get to understand what fasting is all about. Because when Jesus returns, he's not coming with fasting. He's coming with feasting. There's no fasting in heaven. There's no going without in heaven. There is no, I need to subject my body to hear the voice of God. No, I hear the voice of God. It's not I fast because I need to feel the presence of God. No, I'm in the presence of God. So friends, this is the only time right here, right now. Because he's, so we fast now, looking forward to, to feasting later. So, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to experience this spiritual tool. I want you to put this spiritual tool in your toolbox. We're not going to all do it the same. We're not going to pick one, one day that works for everybody. But sometime this week, I want you to experience a fast. And here's how we're going to do it. So again, let me remind, let me remind you, you got to have a reason. And your reason might be different from my reason. But let's, let's look at the reasons again. Are you going to fast to repent? But what a fast that would be. To be able to just to say, Lord, I'm, I'm, my reason for fasting is, is to repent. Will it be an act of worship? Will it be to seek God's counsel? There's something you want to hear from him. Will it be deliverance? Something that's been hanging on to you and you just, God, I, deliver me from this thing. Will it be um, because you're distressed or you're in mourning? You just want to humble yourself. You want to draw closer to God. You want spiritual strength. If you don't have a reason for fasting, here's what's going to happen. This is why it's so important to have a purpose. If you don't have a purpose, if you don't have a reason, well, my church is fasting and I just need to fast and I don't, you know, I'm just going to go without food. I'm just going to, I don't know why, but I'm just going to do it, right? Here's what's going to happen. At some point in that fast, your stomach is going to growl and you're going to go, oh man, what is that? Oh, I hate this. And at some point your head's going to get a little dizzy, a little woozy and you're going to get fatigued. You might get a little angry. And when that happens, you're like, 
I can't believe, why, why, how much longer do I gotta go until this is over? When can I eat next? It's not gonna serve you at all, but if you have a reason, if you have a purpose, when your stomach starts to growl and your head gets a little woozy and you feel a little faint and you get a little, you go, oh, that's right. I'm, I'm fasting for this. Okay, God, I prayed my prayer of repentance again. And oh, God, I'm, I'm reading again. And I'm, I'm, I'm just going to sing right now because I'm hungry. I'm going to sing to you. And God, I'm going to listen. And God, I'm letting my hunger serve me into strengthening my soul. So before you fast this week, set aside a purpose, a reason for your fast. Second question I want you to answer is, is how long? How long are you going to go? Now, if you've never done this, don't sign up for a 40-day fast. <laughs> you know where you'd start? One meal. Start there. Just start with one meal. And you say, okay, I'm looking at my calendar. Thursday night, not a lot's going on. Thursday night at lunch, or Thursday night at dinner. Thursday afternoon at lunch. That will be the meal that I'm going to fast. So, so, so pick a length. Maybe you've had experience with fasting, and you say, okay, I'm going to do a, uh, you know, a sundown to sundown. I'm, I'm going to do that kind of fast. So you, you designate the length, and then you also got to designate the kind. What kind of fast are you going to try to experience? Are you going to do a partial? Or you say, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to eat some really basic, basic food for, for this season. W will it be, you know, the fast where you say, I'm not going to eat anything. I'm just going to have some juice or I'm going to have some water. What kind of fast? Or are you going to go without food? And <laughs> you know, what type of fast? And then the last thing, again, you've got to remind yourself, prayerful heart prayerful heart. If, if the heart doesn't engage, look, 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 sing in your fat way. Sing during that fast time. Pray during that fast time. Read your Bible. Listen for his voice. And when you get hungry, when those hunger pangs hit, let them lead you into a deeper connection with your father. All right, one last thing. Let's come back to our text. We did a whole Bible study on fasting because I needed you to understand what is it and how does it work and how do you do one? But let's come back to our text. Let's end with the words of Jesus, what he said. Matthew chapter 6, when you fast, don't look somber like the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head, wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others that you're fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your father, who sees what is done in secret, watch this, will reward you. So again, just like Jesus did with giving to those in need and praying, he says, don't do it to be a spectacle. Don't do it for the approval of others. So, so when you fast, whatever type, however long you go, when it happens, and, and, and you see somebody, like, like let, let, let's say, you know, you're going to fast over lunch on Wednesday and you've got an appointment with somebody, a lunch appointment. You're not going to slide into the booth and go, oh, I'm so hungry. Oh, man, my God, I'm just, I haven't had anything. Well, hey, we're here to eat. No, I'm fasting for the Lord. <laughs> Serving the Lord by not eating. So you go ahead and eat your bacon cheeseburger. I'll eat my water. 
No, no, no. Nobody's. Now, now, if you're married or if you're in a family context, you probably need to let somebody know. You, you know, you don't want your wife to make this giant meal and you're, oh, I'm not hungry. This is about bragging, right? It's not about communicating. So, but, but what I want to show you is, man, I want, I want you to fast this week. I want you to experiment. Jesus said, when you do this, not if. This is an invitation to be in the deep waters. And I can't wait. Can't wait to see how it draws you deeper and closer. And, and if you'll notice, Jesus says, man, if, you, if, if we do this correctly, God will reward us. I don't know what the reward's going to be. Maybe God will give you what you're seeking. Maybe he'll give you something way deeper. Let me pray. Hey, it's Matt Zola again. That was a powerful message we just heard. I pray that what we have learned today wouldn't just be stored in our minds, but would move into our hearts and help us to be conformed into the image of God's Son, Jesus. And I pray that that message helped you become a better follower of Jesus and taught you how to love, live, and lead like Jesus. If you want to talk with somebody about something you just heard or you want prayer for something going on in your life, there's somebody on staff who would love to connect with you. Why don't you email us at office at ferncreekcc.org and we want to put a name to your face. We want to know your story and we want to connect with you in person if we can. Again, that's office at ferncreekcc.org. You know, one of the things we value at Fern Creek Christian Church is being a part of community. If you've been listening to our sermons online or you've been watching our services on YouTube or Facebook, why don't you come visit us in person one Sunday? We would love to get to know who you are, and we believe that we grow better as followers of Jesus in community and not in isolation. You know, God gives us community as a gift. We have services every Sunday morning, and we hope that you'll feel welcomed enough to be able to join us and worship with us in person. Thanks for tuning in today. Grace, peace, bless others this week.